How can my wife and children see me for something other than the things I've done? Welcome to the Real Talk Recovery Podcast with the Therapy Brothers. We're brothers, we're therapists, and we know recovery. Bring your stories, your questions, your successes with Real Recovery. Tyler. What's going on, Brandon? <laughs> Not much. Just uh, doing my thing, you know? Yeah, good. How's your weekend? <laughs> uh, weekend was great. It was awesome. So what's your plans for Thanksgiving? We've got family. We've got, we got my wife's side of the family coming up. We're going to see some family from uh, California that we haven't seen in quite a while. So he's got a whole, basically a whole 15 passenger van full of kids. So it's going to be an awesome weekend. Well, that sounds fun. Uncle Tyler wrestling with all the kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> their kids are their kids are awesome, man. We're gonna have a good time. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I, that'll be fun for them to to hang out with their uncle Tyler. Yeah, to know you better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, awesome. Sounds good, Tyler. I say we dive into the episode Let's go. here. All right, uh, Larry, welcome to the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, if you could just give us some background, um, we don't need your full like autobiography, but enough uh, pieces to the puzzle. Um, and then, uh, ask any questions that you have. Yeah. So, um, I've been married almost 15 years. Um, and in that there has been a series of betrayals that I've, you know, had to my wife and, um, and it started, you know, fairly early on, like two years into the marriage. Um, so, um, you know, there was an emotional affair. Um, there's, uh, you know, an internet um, addiction piece of chatting um, with other women um, that has been fed, that was found like while she was in labor with our first child. Um, and then um, another one while she was pregnant with our um, third child um, as well that she found on our anniversary day. Um, uh, there's been uh, about five years of financial infidelity as well. Um, something I haven't heard you guys talk a lot about, but, um, has played a role in, in my, you know, in our marriage. And then, um, the most recent would be, I had a 15 month physical affair, um, uh, with D-Day being, uh, last October, um, of 21. And so those are, that's kind of a, um, you know, a mini background, obviously not doing a lot of you know, full justice to everything my wife's been through and everything I've you know, put her through, um, over the, our 15 years of marriage. Okay. Um, where are you at now with, in terms of recovery? Um, so I started seeing a CSAT back in August, um, after doing, we had done some marriage counseling. Um, but, uh, you know, it just wasn't quite doing it. Um, my CSAT actually recommended, uh, you know, kind of break away from that. Um, just because there just wasn't enough, you know, we just wasn't really doing anything, um, for myself and my wife. Um, I did see a, you know, I'd seen an individual counselor before that, but it seemed like she placed, I, I just left always feeling like she was looking at me as the victim and not my wife. And it was really hard to cope with that. I didn't feel like I was getting anything from that. Um, and I, and I hear a lot about that in recovery where, you know, people, you know, it takes finding the right counselor. So, um, I feel like I'm in a better place with, with, um, the CSAT I'm currently seeing, um, still early on, still working on, um, you know, the disclosure letter, um, 
we did do a fair recovery, but admittingly, I didn't, you know, I wasn't nearly, you know, I wasn't honest in during that process, which has also loved led to a lot of mistrust. Now I've probably done more damage in the year of recovery than I, you know, um, as, as you know, I've even piled on more damage by the triple truth that's come, come out, um, over the last, you know, year, um, up to about last month. Um, so it's just kind of owning, you know, where I've been and I guess, you know, trying to you know help, you know, get to where, um, you know, my wife and kids can see me differently, um, for who, you know, the things I've done. Because, um, you know, just talking to you guys and just being able to say everything, it's, you know, I've caused a lot of hurt and pain. And it really is, you know, just having to think about those things is a lot. Larry, could you just, I mean, even just right now, like, could you speak a little bit to your motivation for why you're now with your current CSAT or even why you chose to call into the show today? What are What are your reasons for doing the things that you're doing? Yeah, I want my family. I want my wife. I, I love my wife very much, and I love my kids. And I don't want to be that person that I was when I was, you know, inside this, you know, just going through the cycle of of the things I was feeling, and you know, just the emptiness that I that I was holding, um, and everything that came out of it. Um, I just want them to. I just want to be the you know the husband and um, dad that I'm meant to be. And, um, that's kind of where I'm at. That's really the motivation is that I just want to be that person. I know I can be that man. It's just finding that, that path and you know, letting go of all these things that have plagued me since I was probably, you know, uh, 11 or 12. When Larry, when you say you don't want to be that man, um, that sounds great. And I've heard that, uh, many times from a lot of, a lot of guys, right? Um, what are you willing to do to, to not be stuck in that, in that hell that you were in? Yeah, I, I guess it's a full change. I guess it's, you know, being able to step outside of myself and see the hurt and pain that I've caused, um, everyone in my life, um, being able to do things differently, um, you know, to not harbor, um, you know, the resentment and bitterness that, um, that I've placed on the people, um, to justify my behaviors and actions that I was, you know, doing when I was acting out, um, just to come into being seen, uh, and just to be authentic. I think just actually to be me, uh, and to know that that's okay. Um, and to let people, um, accept me for who I am and know that not everybody will, um, for the things I've done. I think that's one of the hard things that kind of goes back to your question a little bit is, is that, <clears throat> let's say you actually take everything you just said and you start to put those things into action and you start to become, you know, basically a new man, the people around you aren't going to necessarily see it the same way at the same level or the same pace that you're going to see it at. And that's part of the struggle is, is if the focus is on how can they change how they see me, you're going to be pretty frustrated because the chances are you're going to start to change how you see you maybe a little bit differently at a different pace than other people around you are going to see. And the measuring stick has to start from that inside out kind of a place. You know, you said, you said a phrase a second ago that I think it'd be worth exploring a little bit. You said, I need to learn to do things differently. And I want to just ask you, I, it sounds like at least for the last year, maybe more than that, you've, 
you've done things. You said you were you said you were in a fair recovery for a year. We did a, uh, like a well, it was like a five month fair recovery program. Yeah. Okay. So um, you yes. did you did a fair recovery program. You went to couples counseling. Um, I imagine in the affair recovery program, they, they talked about at least similar principles to what you might hear on the show. Um, yes. And you did all of that. Is it, is it doing different things or is it doing those things in a different way that matters? I would say it's doing those things in a different way. Cause I would say that during that program, I wasn't being completely transparent. Um, still having a hard time being brutally honest with what I was doing and owning the things that I had done um, and still, you know, a lot of, you know, blame shifting and um, being defensive and uh, just lack of empathy. Uh, still seeing it from my side, um, having a hard time to see it from, you know, where my, my wife is sitting. Um, and I will say that, you know, since I've started with a CSAT, it, that is, that is, I'm feeling that change um, and actually feeling, I think that's the biggest key for me is that, you know, you go so long without actually feeling, I, I guess, you know, emotion um, and the things that you're doing uh, that you just, you kind of lose that, that touch with reality uh, because you're living, you know, in this, in this dual world of, of fantasy that, that really doesn't really give you anything. It's just there. Right. Think about why you acted out, like why, why the affairs? You, and, it, and it's interesting that you've had relationships. So you've had emotional affairs, it, you've had physical affairs. It actually sounds like it's gotten systematically more intense where it was, you know, whatever the issues were, and then you kind of had an emotional affair, then you had chats with women, then you had five years of financial infidelity, and then this 15-month actual physical sexual affair. It's almost like it's like up the ante consistently yeah. over the years. But but there's a certain there's a certain type of of acting out here which is connection with people. So it's not just you're visually looking at videos of porn, like you're chatting with women, you're having affairs, you're so 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 Larry, like if you were to kind of analyze this a little bit and look at it, what what has this acting out provided for you or given to you that you're seeking? No, that's a weird question. Um, I would say escape. Um, I feel like when things get tough that I have a hard time handling. Um, and I, so I run from, from that and go to a behavior that was, you know, that I ran to probably, you know, as I was a teenager and, and maybe into college a little bit um, of being online and just going there for uh, comfort or what but, I felt like was comfort. Okay. But what I want to ask you is, okay, yes, it was escape, but why was connecting with people and getting people to want you and desire you so intoxicating? I feel like there's some, I would say some type of validation that goes on with that for me. Um, being able to, just connect to feel important, uh, to feel like I'm um, doing doing well, uh, being able to, I guess, meet. I, I just it just feels something in me that I I'm still trying to put my finger on. So, Larry, what you just said, it's really interesting. Okay, you listen to what you just said, and then your question to us is, how do I get my wife and kids to see me differently? 
And so you're seeking validation and connection from women. And now with recovery, you want your wife and kids to validate you and see you differently and think that you're good and think that you're desirable and okay. It's the same pattern just in a very, it's the opposite side of things, but it's the same thing. Um, one of the ways for your wife and kids to see you differently, Larry, is for you to let go of needing them to see you differently. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. I, I mean, as much as I can. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I know it's, it's, it's okay catch, to want them to like you, but yeah, it's a catch 22 though, because, and it's what Tyler was talking about earlier. What is the intent behind your recovery work? Where is your heart at? And if, if your intention is to con- continue to try to get validation from other people in order to feel okay and to feel good, then you're still acting from that really unhealthy place. You understand what I'm saying? Yes. Um, and, and, and sometimes like therapists can miss this of like, Hey, you're doing really good stuff. Like, wow, wow. Look at you, look at you, look at you. And it will feed this same cycle again and again. I, I think, you know, I'd like to maybe backtrack a little bit, Brandon, because Larry, you kind of just gave yourself, I think some insight to things that you said you've been, you're looking to escape. I'd be, I'd be curious about what you are trying to escape. And there's probably like layers to that. There's probably like the day-to-day stressors or anxiety, but there's also maybe something deep inside that you're trying to escape. But then I'd also be curious to know that you, what you get from it is that level of validation. And and that's to me where the, the place where some exploration really could be beneficial is where in your life did you, you know, if you were to sit with yourself and just let whatever rises to the surface, rise to the surface, where did you learn that you weren't valid? Um, I would say, um, uh, growing up, um, my, my dad was by far my, my toughest critic. Um, and nothing was ever good enough. You know, the degree I picked for, you know, college, um, I, you know, obviously had, you know, three younger siblings and, um, it seemed like my, my bar was always higher, uh, and hard to meet. And so he, you know, I just, there was a lot of pressure that I didn't really discuss, but if I did have feelings for those, those got, you know, shoved away quickly. Um, dismissed, you know, kind of um, just not talked about. Um, sexuality really wasn't talked about either. Uh, and those were, you know, big components. Uh, and I know you guys have talked a lot about um, just, my, my, I guess, my relationship with my mom as well. Um, a lot of times I was her confidant. She would, you know, talk about, you know, the pains that she was having in, in the marriage and just some of the things that, you know, her and my dad were going through. Um, I don't know that it's to the, you know, the point of, you know, um, the pieces that like with the, um, the incest that you guys talk about, but, um, sometimes in hearing some of your callers, I, I can feel that I can feel that when they, they talk about their, their relationship with their parents. Um, but yeah, my, my dad was definitely a, a you know, big judge of kind of where I sat in life. Um, and, you know, even at 16 said, Hey, um, you're 16 now, you know, you, I, you don't really need me and you can, you know, just don't end up in jail. That was kind of what he told me. He was, who you said, you'll end up in jail. 
Just, yeah, don't, yeah, just don't end up in jail. Oh, yeah, just, just don't, just don't end, up, end up in jail. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so Larry, Larry, as you're as you're talking, man, could I just ask you like to go into yourself for a minute and just tell me what's going on inside your body? Like what are you experiencing physically and emotionally? Do you even just bring this back up right now? It's 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 a little nerve wracking. It's it brings up a lot of just I just not yeah, um, some anger. There's some yeah. anger that you know, it, no, it, they just weren't there for me. Yeah, um, and just the hurt, just hurt. Uh, I just think seeing and just saying and um, just a lot of just a lot of hurt and just anger. Yeah. What? This is going to be kind of a weird question, but what what age does this part of you that's coming up feel like? It's how old does it feel? Uh, I would say. Uh, 13 14 somewhere in there yeah you could almost hear the shift in your voice that there's something there this is where brandon was going with you i think larry is that there's a piece of you there's a 13 year old boy somewhere in there that lost his heart when he felt like he wasn't valid anymore and then he was living in a world where the feminine is what he was chasing trying to find his value and he's producing it for his mom and then there's a sexual aspect to it and it kind of makes sense pretty quickly why things in your addiction have gone the way that they've gone and I'm not saying that to excuse the behaviors you've had, but I wonder if that 13-year-old kid ever gets any of your attention in a in a compassionate and a loving kind of a way. Yeah, I struggle with my path, you know, with that that person that I was, um, and not being strong enough, and not not you know, I don't know, not standing up for myself. You were a 13-year-old or... kid, dude. Yeah. How old are your kids, Larry? My, um, they are 12, 10, 8, 6, and 15 months. Okay. So if your 12-year-old was feeling the same way and they're like, man, I'm not strong enough to stand up to my dad or my mom, would you would you go to me and be like, hey, you're an idiot. You need to stand up to us more. No, I can't say I would do that. <laughs> okay. Um, why, why not? <laughs> Because that's a lot to put on a twelve-year-old. <laughs> okay. Okay. And so what, now, what you know, yeah. So now you live in a world where your adult self, who's actually about the emotional age of a thirteen-year-old, decides to go and criticize that thirteen-year-old kid in order to try to solve the problem. And for some reason, shocker, it never works. The it never works, and. Larry, you make perfect sense, right, Tyler? Like when he tells uh -huh. his trauma, like a hundred percent. You know, I hate to say this, but if I if I would have met you fifteen years ago, and if you would have told me your trauma, I would have said, "Watch out, because you're probably going to go act out with sex addiction." And because just your question was not answered as as a child, and and where Tyler's going is. You know, don't don't keep trying to get that question answered in all the wrong ways. So, am do I have what it takes? Am I enough? Am I lovable? Am I okay? Those questions were were not answered. Well, they were, and 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 the answer you got was no, you're not. Um, and so now as an adult, you want to take that question to feminine to to women so you've taken it to your wife and she hasn't given you that answer so you took it to elsewhere 
And now in your recovery, you still want to take that question out there and say, am I okay? Am I, am I enough? How, where can you take it instead? I mean, I feel like if I knew that answer, then this would be really simple. <laughs> um, I, I would say that, I, I mean, I feel like taking it and, and you know, maybe looking at it just myself, looking at it somewhere. Um, and then uh, I would say, you know, I don't know that I really know the answer there. Um, yeah. Larry, do you um, know, uh, I want to tell you something that might shock you. Um, do you know that, that all the questions that I just threw out there, am I lovable? Am I n- enough? Am I okay? Um, today, as you sit here today, with where you're at in your rec- recovery today, with what everything that you've done, do you know the answer to those questions are you are absolutely okay? That you are totally lovable? and that you are enough as you are today, not having worked recovery to get to a certain place to do this thing, to make sure you're you've arrived. So everybody thinks you're awesome in your freaking mess right now, today, Larry, you are so loved. Now I know you don't believe that, but that probably makes you feel uncomfortable, right? How does that make you feel Larry? Yeah. It's, I have a hard time believing it. Um, just because, how could, you know, how, I don't know, I, I obviously grew up, you know, um, religious, you know, went, you know, Catholic, went to a Catholic school. Um, and then, you know, I know right from wrong. So I've chosen a lot of wrong. And it's really hard to look at myself as, you know, being you know worthy of, of that love and that care. And I, I do struggle with that thought. Um, Larry, it sounds like you kind of answered this, but where did you learn that the only way to be lovable is if you do right? Uh, I would just say it was just growing up and just that's what I heard um, the most, um, whether it was, you know, uh, school or church or uh, my parents. And that so that, yeah. And then when I did, you know, is that, you know, that hiding behavior that, um, you know, yeah, just trying to hide if I had made a mistake or uh, running from it or denying it or, or, or blaming it on someone else. Um, okay. So, so if it would make sense that if you were raised in a place where the systems around you, school, work, your parents, church, they were all kind of reemphasizing a certain message, which is, is that the only way that you're lovable is that if you don't make mistakes, it makes sense why you develop secrecy and you'd feel pressure and you'd, you'd be living the life that you're living so much so that it would become an automatic thought and you wouldn't even have a chance to question whether or not that needed to be true. It would just be true to you. Now you're an adult man and you're recognizing that you have a thought that this thought says that I can only be lovable if I don't make mistakes. Does that need to be true, Larry? No. Where does it lead you if it is true? (sighs) 
I would say to failing because yeah. you're never going to, yeah, you can, yeah, nobody can live up to that. You're screwed, man. Your, your life is hosed if that rule is true. And so is mine. And so is Brandon's. And so is every one of our listeners. Like here, you might as well, you, I, you'd be depressed. You'd be suicidal. All of us would be, if that was true, because the truth is, is that you're a human being. I'm a human being. Brandon's a human being. We all make mistakes and your kids are human beings. Your 12 year old probably made a mistake this week. Your 12 year old unlovable. No, he's very lovable. Oh, he made a mistake. So how yeah. come he, how come he's the exception? He's not. He's oh, there you go. Very, there's, yeah. there's a potential for another part of truth then. And that's where I think Brandon's trying to go is, is what would be the other truth that could be there that might be just as true or truer than the old belief that was just automatic. And that I guess would be that, you know, you can make mistakes and live life and still be lovable and people still care about you. And see you for you for who you are. Have you have you ever considered that this whole mess, um, like the relationship problems that you're having, and having to go to therapy, and and that this whole mess is God fighting for you? I can see that at times. Yes, I can see you know different things, and you know, and you know, and. This is, you know, something that my wife just found out that, you know, she's pregnant. Um, and so, you know, it's some, yeah, I can see God, yeah, working in a mysterious way. Um, but at the same time, it's very scary because my acting out has occurred um, the most when she's been pregnant. So yeah. it, but at the same time, I can see, you know, is that, is, is it God? Is that God, you know, you know, um, you know, wanting change or, or just opportunity, um, or is it just love? Is it, is it just love and just trying to show love? I, I do. It's just the very, you know, and for my wife, it's scary. And, you know, there's all the emotions that go around, you know, everything that I've done in the past and, um, just, I, but I do, I, I do, I, I can see it. You know, I, I have those moments where, yeah, this is God doing something and, um, and feeling that I'd yeah. like to, well, go ahead. Could, I, could I just back up a little Brandon before you go further with this? Because I, I wonder if we're stepping over something first is, is that Brandon's jumping into this idea of relationship with God, Larry. And I, where are you at in your own wrestle there before we, we come and ram God down your throat? Oh, I mean, I, yeah, I, I pray. Um, not, you know, I've definitely come back to it. I know for a long time there, I, I really struggled uh, with even seeing it and uh, wasn't nearly, you know, was, you know, praying and, and looking towards that, um, you know, and something that goes back to my, my, you know, my mom lost the battle to Lou Gehrig's disease, you know, in uh, 2010. And it was a long struggle. And I, I really, uh, I wrestled with uh, losing her and, um, having you know just seeing that in front of me and how could god take such a great person um, yes yeah okay uh tyler i uh wait let's remove god from this equation for just a second um maybe all of this stuff that's happened larry is a call for you to get back into your your masculine heart and your integrity 
Um, and so it's a mess and your poor wife has to take on some of the, some of the consequences of this, right? It's not fair to her. Um, but you're screaming out saying, I'm not okay. Something's not okay. And that's what your addiction is showing. And so now you're getting more conscious of it and you're getting more aware and you're realizing I haven't been living in my integrity. I haven't been living in my truth. And now you have a real, so, so, so if we, we can look at it from the negative of like, look at what you've done, you horrible person. Or we can look at it from a different angle of now you have an opportunity. All of this is feedback. And you have an opportunity to actually learn from this and really self-reflect and really grow into stepping into the man that you are that is different from what your trauma and your shame and your wounds have told you who you are. Do you see what I'm saying, Larry? Yeah, I can see that. Um, now, I do believe God's a part of that. I believe God's behind it all. Um, but whether God's behind it all or not, you can shift into living in alignment with yourself or you can continue to live out of alignment and create these consequences still. So, yeah. You hear the change in that. And that's where, that's where I think the benefit of, you know, something bigger than ourselves, like a relationship with God can come in and where Brandon was saying, God's fighting for you. You know, this goes back to the John Eldridge kind of <clears throat> concept that says when we're wounded in our hearts, the way that we are, that both the adversary and God will pursue our hearts through the wound. And it's kind of, it, it is kind of interesting and it could be looked at potentially depending on where you're at in your relationship with God <clears throat> that, I mean, and this is so hard for your wife too, but could God be in the details of the fact that you get a shot to actually do it right this time with a pregnancy? Like, and actually step into that place of being the man that you know you can be. Like that could be viewed either way as, oh my gosh, not again. I'm going to ruin it again. Or it could be, man, I got another chance and I can do this and I can figure this out. And I'm going to step into that cave again and I'm going to come hell or high water. I'm going to do my best, you know? Yeah. I, I, I feel that. I mean, I feel that this is something that, you know, it's, I don't feel like it's an accident. I feel like it is a true, you know, you know, a, a God, you know, trying to find, you know, uh, trying to find me or me trying to find God. I don't know which, but um, I, I feel like it, it, you know, is a, is the chance for me to step into, um, you know, the, the, the person that I want to be and uh, the husband that I want to be to my wife and, um, the father I want to be to my kids and the show, the show something different and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, kind of break the cycle and try to start working through these, these things that I have, you know, so tried to run away from and hide from for so long. So I want to ask you, Larry, um, I want to back up. So we've kind of gone down this road, right? We've kind of ended up here down this road a ways. I want to ask you the very question that you came on asking. So um, how do I get my, my wife and my kids to view me differently? Okay. How? Like give outline that for me a little bit. I would say it's just showing up every day as my, you know, as myself and 
to live in the truth and know that I'm going to make mistakes as you know, a husband and as a dad and that that's okay. And that you know, at my job, I'm going to make mistakes and that's okay. And that I'm still you know, lovable and people still care about me. And, um, you know, my family still cares about me and that, um, just in that daily, you know, in that just in life, just, just living and maybe not, you know, shifting the focus on, you know, people loving me versus that, I am loved and that I don't, that, that validation really isn't, isn't really what I, you know, as much as I, it's what I was looking for. It's not, it's there. If, if I just be me, it, I don't really need to do anything because it's there and just to show up every day and, and be myself. I, I love that answer. Um, I do too. But it's going to come kick your ass. Life, life will come at you. What I mean is like, there's going to be days when you really feel like your wife's disappointed at you or that you're failing everywhere at work or whatever. And in those moments when the triggers come, um, those voices of shame are going to be really loud. Right. And so can you do what you just said, Larry, despite life coming at you in that way? Yeah, I I think that's, you know, I, I definitely see that is, and I think I've been battling that, you know, since, since D-Day and even further back, um, trying to work through those feelings. Um, and my wife will often say that I'm really good with my words, but I'm really, you know, crapping with my actions. And um, that really is resonating with me as I, as I sit here and look at things. And um, like I said, since I've been working with my CSAD, that I, I can feel more of that and I can see that. Um, my wife will often say, you know, it's like you would give me three choices and I would choose the choice that hurt her the most. Um, and trying to step back and, and see those choices. I, you know, at times I didn't even see those as being, you know, that there was three choices and I was choosing the, the choice that would hurt, you know, her or my family the most. And being able to step into that and, you know, look at that and say, hey, I, you know, um, that my selfishness would would take over. And so... I can, I can feel that. I think it's interesting that we started the, the episode with the question, how can I get them to see me differently? And you came to the conclusion of, I need to live each day. And you said a few things. You said, becoming the husband I want to be, becoming the man I want to be, becoming the father I want to be. Um, th- that's what's, that's what your recovery is really about. And really, it's it, it makes it sound really simple. And in some ways it is, even though it encompasses a whole bunch of work. But if you wake up today, Larry, and you just look at those things and say, what's the kind of husband and father I want to be today? And then you give whatever's in the tank, whether you have 10% in the tank or 100% in the tank, you give it all just tomorrow. And you do that one day at a time, consistently over time the best thing you can do to have your kids and your wife change the way they see you is to forget that they're the ones that need to change. And you get busy one day at a time being the man you want to be. And, and that's, that's a process that has to be come back to being reminded over and over again, because the default setting wants to pull you back into having being the man that everybody else tells you, you should be. It's Tyler. It's a control issue. Right. Like with everything that we're talking about here, this is all like awesome, but it, it requires surrender it, in order for you to be that authentic person that you're talking about, Larry, 
you have to let go of this old, this old system that you've had from the time you were born, pleasing your mom, trying to be enough, trying to get validation. It's surrendering that it's, it's releasing that and saying, I'm, I'm going to let go. And I don't know if I'm going to get that validation from others. I don't know if, but I'm just going to be the best husband, father, man that I possibly can be, because I know deep down that I am good and that I am okay. And then you kind of you let things fall where they may, right? But it requires that really hard letting go of that control. Yeah, I would say that I have tried to control my life um, for a long time um, mm. in every aspect. And yeah, control is, yeah, letting go is, is, is scary. There is a fear there. Um, and I think, you know, I, I know you guys have, in a past episode about, you know, the money tree versus the real treasure. And um, so often that money tree is there. And um, instead of, you know, going past that and, and seeing that I you know, go, go there um, because it's that, that easy road and versus, you know, doing, doing a little bit more work. And like you said, given the, the, you know, whatever percent I have that day uh, to get to the true treasure, because, you know, I have an amazing wife and I have an amazing kid and yeah, I don't want to lose them. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's just showing up and giving everything that I have um, each day. That emotion. Oh, go, go ahead, Brandon. No, go ahead. You go. That, <laughs> that emotion that's coming up inside of you, Larry, where do you think that's coming from right now? Uh, just the place of, I would say it's just a place of love. I just. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So see that that's, that's in you, Larry. That's, that's in you. That's the part that you're seeking to touch and have an experience with every day. Because guess what, Larry? You're in that space right now. You're feeling that love for your wife and your kids right now. What happens to your disposition to go and act out when you're in that space? It goes away. Yeah, it's gone. You're not going to act out today, dude. Unless you have a big vulnerability hangover after we're done. But but if you get in touch with that, like if you get in touch with that part of yourself that that, by the way, Larry was already in you, you go find that every day, you will not have a need to act out. Yeah, I can, I mean, yeah, when I feel that, I don't, yeah, that desire is not there. Um, that is you know, something that, yeah, I have to just, like like I said, just feeling that and, and knowing that and, and going to that place. Um, that That's a love for your wife and kids that's not them showing their love for you that's you loving your wife and your kids yeah no i yeah i can feel that in my just hearing you say that and, and just that um, that that i guess the, the the flip that happens there um and how i you know kind of project that onto other people, you know, onto my family and onto my wife. And really it's not projecting it onto them and, and seeing it in myself. Yep. You know, Larry, we, uh, Tyler and I are fortunate enough to, um, it's, I guess we're fortunate enough to see people on every side of recovery. So we see people at the very beginning in the pain and, and uh, it's hard. It's hard to see that. But we also, the beauty of, of what we do is we get to see people on the other side of it. Um, people who 
who have gotten their question answered and are are just resonating in peace and and happiness and and not their lives are not perfect by any means but they can navigate life so much better and I, I just feel impressed to have have you are you familiar with Paul Young do you know who Paul Young is um, I mean I studied so. I was a psychology major growing um, through college. So um, a little bit, yes. Um, didn't really study him deeply, but I, you know, obviously I'm familiar. So he's, he's, uh, he's the author of the shack. He's the um, hop on YouTube and look up Paul Young and, and listen to his story um, or check out heart of man. He, he produced that as well. Um, it, there's principles in there that actually, in his story that show real recovery um, rather than just going through the motions. And so um, you can, you can find a lot of content. I think Oprah's interviewed him several times. So there's a lot of content with Paul Young, but um, just go check it out. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. Um, Tyler, anything else? No, I would just say, I would just echo what you just said about heart of man for all of our listeners too, that, you know, when you start thinking about this, concept and journey of recovery and getting to the heart of things that that show heart of man would be a great resource for anyone who hasn't seen it yet okay larry well thank you for coming on i appreciate you guys having me and and thanks for listening and i appreciate all the all the helpful advice and everything you guys do like i said i myself and my wife listen to you guys um i greatly i'm very grateful for you guys and 